It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to the Red Box Politics podcast from The Times. I'm Matt Jolly and that was Jeremy Corbyn in the middle of a media scrum at the Labour conference in Brighton. Now, there was a time when he was held like a rock star at these things. Now it has a slight air of someone trying to get out of a magistrate's court without saying anything to the waiting press. But there he goes after a tour of the trade stands and the questions just continue. What is Labour's Brexit policy? Is Labour now a party of Remain? Did he know about the plot to oust Deputy Leader Tom Watson? Why is his senior advisor Andrew Fisher leaving? Is he actually leaving? And the big question that nobody can really answer, given the mess the Conservative Party is in, why is Labour on only 23% in the polls? Jeremy Corbyn might not want to answer them, but in this episode we will try. Later, I'll try to explain what's been happening with the votes and what exactly Labour's policy is. But first, I caught up with two MPs. In a moment, John Ashworth, the Shadow Health Secretary. But first, Labour MP Anna Turley. Anna, what on earth is going on? (laughs) I was hoping you'd be able to tell me. (laughs) Um, I think it's all eyes on the uh, conference floor today to find out uh, which of these motions have got support. It seems like... You know, we're getting mixed messages from the NEC, mixed messages from different trade unions, mixed messages from Momentum. So it's going to come down to the votes on Brexit today and what members do. Hopefully people will use their independent judgment and we won't get sort of, you know, block voting. And the people will do the right thing by the country uh, as well as the right thing by the party. So what is your position? What do you think the party policy should be? I think we need to go back out to the people for a confirmatory ballot on the deal, whether that's Boris Johnson's deal or Theresa May's deal. And that should be before an election. I don't want a general election before we've resolved. Brexit because frankly I don't want to go on the doorsteps with nothing to say. We saw what happened in June this year, some of our most disastrous uh, election results in generations and that's because frankly we didn't have a clear position and in areas like mine we heavily leave but people are reassessing Brexit. We end up falling between the Lib Dems and and Brexit votes so um, for me to go out and and have a convincing argument for an area that's going to be absolutely hammered by Brexit I want to have a clear Labour position that speaks to our values and our communities. 
And do you think that's the problem? Shami Chakrabarti was talking this morning and saying, oh, we need to appeal to the 100%, not the 48 or the 52. There's a danger of appealing to the 0%. Absolutely. And I always say if you stand in the middle of the road, you get run over in both directions. And I think we're in danger of doing that at the moment. So I think politics is about clear leadership. And our values are very much about you know, what the European Union stands for. Partnership, integration, cooperation, being outward facing. And you know, there's no reason in my view why we shouldn't be very, very clearly out for Remain, clearly out for a second referendum and fighting for our values to represent communities like mine, which will be hardest hit by Brexit and having a proper, authentic Labour uh, vision and voice for what that looks like. And just more generally, it's not just that there's a spat about Brexit, which we, the Labour Party seems to have had it part of conference every year since the referendum, but there's a sort of general sense of it all sort of slightly coming apart at the seams. You've got close advisors like Andrew Fisher trying to resign and then being told that he's not allowed to and then and on the other side an attempt to get rid of Tom Watson and then that not working. Are the wheels coming off? Um, I, I'm not close enough to the bus. Uh, I'm a mere uh, passenger these days but um, it, for me watching it all, it, it, let's just say it's not been a particularly coherent and competent start to our conference season when for me we should be setting out a vision to the country about what we stand for and what we believe in. No one wants to see us having internal spats. No wants to see silly Stalinist approaches to eradicate Labour students, eradicate the democratically elected deputy leader of the Labour Party. It's nonsense um, and I think it's spectacularly backfired. So the word, the word to the wise is let's focus on what's best for the country and stop these silly internal battles that reflect very badly on the party. It's just funny because there's been some speculation about it and actually polls showing it as well. Do you think Jeremy should lead the party into the next election? My position's been very clear on Jeremy before. I didn't vote for him first time around and I supported Owen Smith. I always want a Labour government over a Tory government, but I'm being honest, do I think there'll be better people to lead the Labour Party? Yes, and the polling is very clear on that. But the reality is we are where we are. I accept the democracy of this party. I always want the party to think about getting into government. And you know that is the clause one of our constitution is to, to have a presence in Parliament and to win an election to get a Labour government that can help constituents like mine who are really, really suffering under this Tory government and to see this disastrous Tory government that we should be absolutely hammering and still be so far behind them in the polls is a shame and everyone should be reflecting on that from the top to the bottom. And are you in these WhatsApp groups plotting another uh, attempt to oust Jeremy? Oh God, no, I don't do... I don't do I'm do. i in the WhatsApp groups. I like to just sit and watch the gossip. I don't... Uh, I, I'm not a plotter and a schemer. I don't really have the power or the influence to do It's going on. There's gossip all the time. You'd expect that in politics. There's, you know, I think I'm a member of my last count of around 50 WhatsApp groups. There's loads of discussion and debate about everything, from our triggers to policy to where the party's at. We talk about everything and it's our safe space, so um, nothing's off the table. People have just focused here really on just trying to do the right thing by the country in the groups that I'm in, which is, for me, primarily, firstly, to get a vote on Brexit. Just called uh, John Ashworth, the Shadow Health Secretary. He's just, just been, somebody's just been having a selfie with you. You're like a rock star. <laughs> oh, damn, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, it's been a great conference, though. Uh, <laughs> that was very good. You said that almost with a straight face. Uh, <laughs> it's going really, really well, John. It's, it's well. Do you know what? You know what we've been talking about this conference. I'm going to introduce free prescriptions. We're going to recruit more GPs, so there's more GP appointments. Free personal social care. For our elderly, lots of big policies on the NHS and social care at this conference. And it's possible that listeners might be thinking, that's strange, I haven't heard anything about that. Because what I've actually heard about is the party being split down the middle on Brexit, an attempt to oust the deputy leader, ousting the Labour students, the leader's closest adviser quitting because he doesn't think you're going to win the next election. I didn't realise you had any listeners, actually. <laughs> that is outrageous. We've got record numbers, actually. <laughs> 
it's one, it's one good thing about this political mess. Is yeah, it's good, it's good for, for business. Uh, yeah. Record numbers. Yeah. So go on then, where, where were you on Brexit? What's your, well, what's your position? Well, I've got to be careful because I wouldn't want John Lansman to try and abolish me. <laughs> and, um, I, think, I think it's fine because he might try, <laughs> but he's not very successful. The country's really divided. I mean, you, you know, and it's a, the debate is so fractious out there. So we're trying to unite the country. I think that's all right. It's a sensible approach. The, the country is divided on this big issue, and by not having your own position on that issue, you end up appealing to nobody. No, I don't think so. So it means that, for example, in Leicester South, uh, a great, a great part of the world that voted Remain, and many of my constituents want uh, want a referendum. Uh, I can campaign for Remain, but there are parts of the country that voted for Leave, and, and but they're not convinced about the deal that Theresa May. Yeah, you're you're a big fan of Theresa May, of course. Yeah, famously. Uh, they want they want a, a credible deal, so that's something that. We're going to offer in, a, offer in a referendum. But how does it work then? Keir Starmer goes to Brussels and says, give me the best deal you can, but by the way, I'm going to campaign against it anyway. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to say to Brussels, look, the country is divided and we need to bring this country back together. So we're going to offer people the option to... We're going to invite people to vote for Remain if they want to do that. But why, so would, why would the EU give you a good deal if every senior person in the shadow cabinet and therefore the government is saying they're going to campaign against it? Because... If they don't give us a good deal, they are probably more, the more likely to vote against them, aren't they? Yeah, but they want us to stay. So it's in there. If, if the EU wants us to stay, why would they but give but you but a but better but deal? If, if people think the EU are not negotiating in good faith, I think that they, they wouldn't run, run that risk in a in a referendum. So why doesn't the party just say the UK should remain? There, just, there will be a second referendum in which the Labour Party campaigns to remain. Uh, because the country, because the party is, tr- is trying to bring the country together. We're a divided nation. The party isn't even bringing the party together. <laughs> this is a united conference. No, it is not, John. I mean, it is what? It is, one, it is midday. The idea that you are so drunk that you could say that this is a united conference <laughs> at this time of the day. I've not... I, look, did, were you not in for my speech yesterday? Were you not in there? They were, uh, they were all clapping it, even a cheer here and there. They were united behind my policies for the NHS yesterday. And just finally... I, 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 I am the member of the Shadow Cabinet who is uniting the Labour Party. This is a big moment. This is the thinly veiled leadership I, 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 have, I have something to declare. <laughs> and I've always thought that the right place to make a major declaration would be the Times Red Box podcast. A podcast I've never listened to, but I'm told has record numbers of listeners. Record numbers of listeners. So I will start downloading it onto my iPhone and start listening to it. Is there any good jokes in it? Yeah, well, there are, yeah, but with the other people, not so much with you. Well, it's fine. You don't listen to the podcast and I didn't listen to your speech. <laughs> Just finally, um, uh, all the Shadow Cabinet have been picking their own songs on stage. What did you have? I, p- <laughs> I had uh, a little mix number called Power. But uh, in anticipation of smart Alex like you <laughs> mocking us or te- teasing us, Never. teasing us, I, I asked my two daughters, and I've got an eight-year-old and five-year-old daughter, what music should have. They actually suggested a song called Bang Bang. Ariana Grande. Well, Ariana Grande, yes. Um, I'm, so, I'm sure you're... I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of it. It's good. Um, There's a rap in the middle that Nicki Minaj does, I think. <laughs> and I, and it's a good tune, but I'd never listened to the lyrics. And then I listened to the lyrics, and, oh my gosh, they were a bit fruity. And uh, <laughs> so I thought, mm, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. So uh, I asked my I asked my eight-year-old, I, I just said to my eight-year-old, mm, I said, mm, I'm not so sure. Daddy's not so sure about that one. Uh, we came down on uh, Little Mix. Little Mix and Power. Might be the closest you get to Power, John. Oh, oh. I just set them up for you and you just... Oh, there's, there's nothing like a good old joke. And that was nothing like oh, a good God. old joke. Oh. <laughs>
You're listening to the Red Box podcast with me, Matt Jolly. In a moment, we try to explain Labour's actual Brexit policy. We'll be back after this short break. If you looked at British politics and thought, this is not normal, join me, Matt Chorley, on my tour as I try to explain what the hell is going on. For tickets, go to mytimesplus.co.uk. So what I'm going to try and do is to try and explain why politics has gone so weird. Now, this is going to take about four or five hours. Um, <laughs> it's the run-up to the 2007 local government elections. And I was going to interview David Cantor. I asked him lots of really tough questions, like, why do people vote Conservative? Why do you love Cornwall so much? What's your favourite farm animal? If only I'd ask a follow-up question. Scenes here at the Labour Party conference. People coming out of the hall now to the sound of oh, Jeremy Corbyn being sung in the hall. Now, what's happened? Well, I can see people like in fact, there's a woman over there who's in tears, being comforted by a friend. There are other people punching the air, absolutely delighted. Let me try and explain what has happened in the tussle over what Labour's Brexit policy should be. It's a victory for Jeremy Corbyn. The Labour leadership under Jeremy Corbyn wanted to adopt the position of not necessarily really taking a position. Uh, The policy, as set out in the composite motion stitched together in late-night talks, is that Labour would fight a general election, promising to negotiate another Brexit deal, and then put it to the people in a referendum, and will only decide whether it's got a campaign for leave, remain, or nothing at all in that referendum at the time. Now, there are lots of people in the Labour Party who are die-hard Remainers, will always campaign for Remain, and they include very senior people. Emily Thornby, Shadow Foreign Secretary, uh, Keir Starmer, the Shadow Brexit Secretary, John McDonald, the Shadow Chancellor. They've all said whatever happens, whatever the deal is that the Labour government gets, they would campaign for Remain anyway. A separate motion to force the party to become a party of Remain pushed by lots of the uh, senior members of the party and lots of the party members who are concerned about being outflanked by the Lib Dems, they've been defeated. So what does this mean? Who's happy, who isn't? Let's grab a couple of delegates. What do you make of the result? I I personally am pleased with the result because I think it's a way of uniting everybody. I think if we'd gone with Composite 13, that was very specifically for Remain, and I think Composite 14 and the NEC statement was was unity because it was leave and remain and we're not just for the Labour Party we're for the electorate. Do you think that although it might help to unite the party here uh, it's a less clear message when you go into a general election? No I think I think it's the best message that we could possibly have because we are the only party that is saying look we voted leave or you voted remain it doesn't matter it's the 99% we want the Tories out we want to get a Labour government in with a good Labour Brexit deal, I think yeah. we can do that. Yeah. The Tories have had three years to do it. What have yeah. they come up with? Nothing. We should have had Jeremy Corbyn at the beginning doing it. We'd have had a decent deal. Jobs would have been kept. EU citizens would have been here from day one. There'd have been none of this shilly shallying around. The Conservatives are actually something should happen to them because for three years to have messed us around like this is disgusting. They're nothing short of incompetent, and they need to go. Let's ask you about what's happened. 
What are your names? Ethan Waller. I'm Ashley Holstead. The Hall overwhelmingly decided to support the position of holding a second referendum after a general election with a credible leave deal and a remain deal and have uh, the Labour Party to uh, still review its stance in that at a later date. And what do you think about that? Is that a good, is that a good position to take? Well, I'm not happy at the way the position was taken, but I think it needed to happen to bring the country back together. And I think that what our job is now is to make good of that decision and to make sure that we represent the 99% and not the 52 or the 48. Isn't there a risk that you end up representing neither the 52 or the 48? That there are other parties with a clear position, and if you don't have a clear position, then people will look, look elsewhere. And that's what today was about. It's about defining how we're going to get a clear position and setting out a road towards that. And I think if you look at our team, if you look at John McDonnell, Jeremy Corbyn, Keir Starmer, what you actually see is a t team that's committed to putting out a clear policy, but they want to work with the democratic structures of the Labour Party to do so. So we will have a clear policy, and th today was the first step on that journey. What about you? Do you agree with that? I think we couldn't figure it out in a five-day conference. We're not going to do it in a one-day conference. <laughs> <laughs> Just make a decision and we'll stand by that. If we're going to go for our deal no matter what, do it. If we're going to go for me no matter what, do it. Don't kick the can down the road because we'll just have this again and again and again. So you think that you think this has been a mistake, that you, you should have come down on one side or the other? Well, I hope I'm wrong. And what impact do you think it will have electorally if Labour goes into the election not being a clean-cut Remain party? Well, I'm hoping that there will be a referendum beforehand. We've already elected a Brexit parliament and it's up to parliament to start doing something. If they can't do it themselves and put it back to the people and we'll decide for you. And in that situation, it's more likely that Labour campaign remain because it will be on a Tory Brexit rather than a Labour Brexit. Well, it depends. I mean... <laughs> It, there's so many variables, whereas workers' rights, social rights, etc. I mean, I would never vote for something that would take away my rights as a social so, minority. So, so, for the benefit of listeners to the podcast, you're, you're a young man. How old are you? 25. And so, what is the view of young Labour voting 20-somethings? Well, I wouldn't want to speak for everyone, but my friends certainly are Remain. They're quite happy to support some amazing Brexit deal if it comes to that, but no one's actually shown that what that is. And is the love of, and I'll, I'll bring you both in here, is it, what's the sort of the, the Corbyn mania? Uh, it, seems, it seems like people chanting his name at Glastonbury seems like a long time ago. Has some of the sheen come off of Jeremy Corbyn? No, no, there's plenty of chance still. I think the problem is that there's this issue that divides everyone, no matter what. I think once Brexit's taken care of, whether it's leave or remain, we'll start to see a big resurgence back to the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn. And what I'm very proud of is if you watch the debate today that happened, we had one motion saying unequivocally back Remain. We had another saying we should be neutral. But one key theme that ran from both was full love and support for the leadership of Jeremy Corbyn. Love? Yes. You love um, Jeremy Corbyn? The person who proposed both motions were Momentum members. So that is what the mood was the hall is that Jeremy's position is he wants the members to decide and I think the members are happy with that and what we want to say is that Corbyn mania is not dead and it's not just about him, it's about what he stands for that's the key part and what was repeated time and time again today is whether you leave or remain, we were all united behind Jeremy's policies to rebuild Britain and make a better country for everyone. 
so that's what the delegates thought. I'm now um, at slightly dodging the drizzle outside in a not very uh, sunny at all Brighton. I'm joined by Henry Zeffman, Times political correspondent. Henry, what on earth has happened? Are we any clearer about what the Labour position is, or is it more fudge? Yes, it's not going to reassure people who think that Jeremy Corbyn's desired position is in itself unclear, but what is clear is that the Labour Party conference, the sovereign decision-making body of the Labour Party, has endorsed Jeremy Corbyn's position. What that position is, just to recap, is that Labour will go into a general election offering a fresh referendum on Brexit, within six months, in fact, of them getting into Downing Street. That referendum will be between Remain and a credible leave option. Those are Jeremy Corbyn's words. Now, what Labour have decided specifically today is to endorse Jeremy Corbyn's position of not taking a clear view on how... It's Jeremy Corbyn's position of not having a position. Well, it, it is... No, there will be a position by the point of the referendum, but that position will not be decided before the general election. And so what impact does this have on a general election? At a time when you've got the Tories very clearly saying we will do Brexit, the Lib Dems saying we'll stop Brexit and never speak of it again. What does that mean for Labour in the middle? Well, there's no right answer and that's why it's so controversial. You know, plenty of Labour MPs, including senior shadow cabinet ministers such as Emily Thornberry and Tom Watson, Tom Watson just about still hanging on in there, they think that Labour Party is going to get annihilated in the general election if they do not take a clear pro-Remain stance. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn, on the other hand, thinks that British politics is so polarised. Now, over this issue, the Liberal Democrats are at one poll, the Conservatives are at another poll, thereby both limiting their support from people who take a different Brexit stance, who might traditionally have voted for their parties, and therefore Labour can scoop up votes by, or, or rather lose fewer votes than the Conservatives <laughs> by staying in the middle and trying to bring the country together. Isn't it a bit like, though, if you took another political issue, uh, like if it was tax, if the Tories were promising tax cuts and the Lib Dems were promising tax rises, and the Labour position was, we'll decide what we think about tax at a later date, people would think that was risible. Yes, although it's more like if there were a referendum on tax and Labour were saying, we'll decide what to, how to advise you to vote on the referendum about tax at another date. So while I think it is clearly true as we saw from Emily Thornberry getting laughed at on question time a few weeks ago it's clearly true that there are plenty of voters who will say you're not making up your minds I don't think it is uncontroversially fair at least to just say that you know Labour are absolving themselves of responsibility partly because whether Jeremy Corbyn takes a position or not we have had a cascade of senior Labour MPs saying this week that they will campaign for Remain in all circumstances themselves Okay, and just because you uh, are very diligent in your work at uh, party conferences, morning, noon and indeed night, uh, you're out and about taking the temperature of the Labour Party. What is the mood in the cafes and bars of the conference centre? What state is the Corbyn leadership in? Because it does look on the face of it, you would say, well, he's still got control of the machine to be able to win this sort of vote. But the mood is, is really wobbly. He's got the firmest control of the machine he's had in the four years of his leadership and it's been the most chaotic party conference in the four years of his leadership <laughs> go figure but seriously it feels strange to me that pretty much every labor activist worker official mp whatever who i've spoken to this week is talking as if it is an obvious fact that when the general election comes as it surely will before the next annual conference jeremy corbyn will lose it quit and they need to prepare for a post-Corbyn world. I mean, I have taken to saying to 
people whose job is to get Labour into government. Well, hang on, do you not think there's a chance he might win the general election? And, you know, I know as little as anyone about how on earth in our uh, chaotic politics the next general election will play out. But it does seem to me that there is at least a chance that the Conservatives for example, lose so many votes to the Brexit party in so many constituencies that Labour, while losing perhaps a few dozen seats, Liberal Democrats ends up the largest party and ends up in government. And, you know, it's almost as if I'm ending up having to reassure Labour officials, some of whom voted for Jeremy Corbyn in 2015, perhaps not 2016, but perhaps they did, that he's not going to become Prime Minister. Well, actually, you know, it's a, it's a sort of preview to a post-Corbyn age, this conference, while it remains pretty plausible, not necessarily likely, you know, that's a contestable idea, but possible that he'll be Prime Minister within weeks. And there's a big question mark still that if he does become Prime Minister, the number of private conversations that you and I have had over dinner, over drinks in the bar, whatever, people working in the Labour Party, MPs, even shadow cabinet ministers, if pressed, are still not convinced they want Jeremy Corbyn to be Prime Minister. That is true. We saw it in the fact that you know the vast majority of Labour MPs voted no confidence in his leadership in 2016. I make a prediction that if Jeremy Corbyn finds a route to government after the next election, almost every single one of them will swallow their reservations pretty quickly. And just finally before we go, what's the best bit of gossip you've picked up over the weekend? On Saturday, which was the first day of Labour conference, day after the chaotic night before, where they woke up with sore heads and realised they'd failed to ask Tom Watson, Jeremy Corbyn was meant to visit a wind farm uh, off the coast uh, because the conference centre here is by the seaside but it was too windy and the visit was cancelled <laughs> and it is actually quite windy it's a bit windy where we're still at literally while we've been standing here someone uh, from the Labour Party uh, sent me a photo uh, so there's a desk in the PLP office which is basically where Labour MPs can go and hang out and take some time out from the enthusiastic delegates somebody's just written help me on the desk so I think that, that probably captures the mood of the Labour conference better than anything. Um, Henry Zephyr, thanks so much. That's it from Brighton for now. However, do make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a special episode coming up where I sit down with John McDonnell, the Shadow Chancellor, where I'm sure he would explain to me why everything is absolutely fine. But for now, from Brighton, from me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.